Hey skaters, welcome to episode 2 of 16 Bearings. Today I'll be sharing what it has been like teaching youth roller skating this month, reviewing knee pads, a skate wheel purchase dilemma, getting to skate outdoor parks in February, winning a skate pack on Instagram, the Moxie 365 challenge, sib trick of the month, and my monthly skater and skate shop shout out. So, let's roll. But before we can get into all of that, I'd like to honor Black History Month and its history and continued impact on the roller skate community. I'd like to now share a post with permission from Skateadelphia underscore. February is Black History Month, a celebratory time to reflect, educate, and honor Black culture and its influence on society. Roller skating is one activity that gained influences from Black culture. Black roller skaters created the skate culture we recognize today. Roller skating used to be a white, upper-class pastime complete with fancy dresses and tuxedos. Black skaters brought the community together and inspired the party atmosphere with soul and R&B music, fashion, and adult skate nights. Roller skating rinks were often the only venues that rappers could book in the 70s and 80s, enhancing the specific type of dance, known as jam, skating that we all enjoy today. Prior to this, rinks mainly catered to children and families, but this movement welcomed teens and adults. Black skaters faced a great deal of discrimination and restrictions at rinks, either denied entry altogether or had to skate on black-only nights. Dress codes and bans on hip-hop music came soon as well. Because of this, protests and sit-ins occurred at roller skating rinks during the civil rights era and were significant to degradation. Today, many of the moves you see on your feed come from the influences of black skate culture. Unfortunately, discrimination of black skaters still exists today. Increased security and police presence, dress codes, and bans on small wheels are some examples of this. There used to be roller skating rinks in almost every neighborhood. Due to economic and real estate struggles combined with radical intolerance, rinks all over the country have been going out of business the past few years. You can show your support and honor black roller skate culture by following and supporting black influencers and business owners. Please check their caption for details. I think it's so important that we continue to grow and spread the message of black culture in roller skating, especially with all the popularity that roller skating has gained over the last year. I'll link the Skateadelphia page below, and you can check out their post and see a list of resources as well as movies and documentaries about black skate culture. If you have a favorite POC skater or skate-owned business you'd like to share, please leave their details in a review on this podcast so we can all go like, follow, and support them. February is usually a slow skate month. In the past, we've had derby practices twice a week with attendance usually low compared to warmer months, and the indoor skate park had a ladies' night many of us attended on Mondays, and that was about it. 
This year, with drop-in restrictions at the indoor park and no derby, I feared it was going to be many sessions in the living room of switching my wheels from fun days to luminous light-ups to keep things interesting. But to my luck, I was given the opportunity to teach youth at the indoor park. So in January, I collected all the extra skates I could find and spread them out across my living room floor, checked trucks, bearings, laces, toe stops, and anything else to make sure that they were ready to go. To my surprise, I'd accumulated about 16 pairs of skates, ranging from size 3 to 9, which gave me a great set for the ages 12 to 21 we were allowed to host for the clinics. Our first two classes were going to be intro to skating, just learning the basics, and the second two would be intro to ramp skating. I say we because I am teaching this class alongside my long-term derby mate Michelle and representing the West Kootenai Sib chapter. I began the Sib chapter last summer as a way to help build our roller skate community in our area. Now, is it just me, or have you ever noticed a weird phenomenon with roller skating when you put it out to the newbies? There are those that are like, yes, I want to try that. It looks and sounds like so much fun. And then there's this crowd of people who are like, oh my God, no way. I could never do that. It seems so dangerous, or I don't know if my ankles could handle it. Well, you'll never know unless you try. Our first class, we had one attendee. They did great with a bit of skating in their background and other sports. They didn't seem too timid to get out there and give it a try. Our next class, we had four people out, all of different skill levels and willingness to try new things. Then we had two for the third class, and finally we had three for the final class just last week. We are a smaller community, and regardless of numbers, I saw this as a win for spreading the word about roller skating. We were also fortunate enough that our local newspaper caught wind of what we were doing and came by for a session and featured article. We made the front news of our local paper. It was pretty exciting. Our local youth center has been enthusiastic about adding this new class into their rotation and they've invited us to come back for March. Needless to say, I'm hyped to continue offering roller skating lessons to our community. I know there are a handful of over 21s that are also interested in coming and giving it a try once the restrictions have been lifted and we can host them in that space. If you live in the West Kootenai area in British Columbia and know somebody who might be interested in coming to our lessons, you can head over to West Kootenai Sib Crew on Facebook and Sib West Kootenai on Instagram for sign-up details. So that's what I've been doing to help build my skate community. But what kind of skating have I been doing for myself? Well, apart from sneaking in a quick session after classes at the indoor, I was actually able to hit up an outdoor skate park this month. I know, what? Um, don't you live in Canada? You know, the cold and snowy one? Well, while temperatures have been cold enough to get some sweet pow days in at the ski hill, we've also been having quite a mild and low snowfall winter down in town. And just a quick hour's drive away, there is a happy little skate park along the riverside, dry and ready to shred. 
So of course I had to get out there and take advantage. I had mentioned last summer I really needed to get over to this park and give it a try, but when you live five minutes from a skate park, it's hard to want to venture after a long day of work to go skate. However, that being said, I am super happy I finally made it over that way, as to my discovery, this is a fantastic beginner intermediate park. They have some low coping areas where I could finally try a half cab without fear of falling a distance taller than myself, and their deep end of the bowl didn't make me feel like I was peering over the edge of Niagara Falls trying to convince myself it's not that high. So with that, I returned to the park two days in a row with some roller homies and worked on things like tabernacles, which I still need to find what clicks. Uh, I just can't seem to get that hip open, but I did nail my first successful half cabs, dropped into the deepest concrete ramp to date, and even stalled with a 180 out on the taller side of the bowl. Now I was stoked to take those moves back to the indoor after classes and keep practicing so they become a part of my toolkit for this upcoming outdoor season. If you're lucky enough to live somewhere where you can skate outdoors all year long, you'll never quite know the pain of being deprived due to weather, but I'll tell you, I was tunes blasted and fangirl screaming the whole drive there because I was so damn hyped to skate. I even got to stop at the skate shop the town over from me and pick up some fresh new wrist guards on my way there. So a couple things going on in my gear world this month. First of all, I was able to get some 187 wrist guards I want like from that local skate shop the town over because your girls were beyond washing the smell out of. <laughs> it's kind of sad because they weren't totally trashed yet but needed replacing because they just stank. If you have a skate gear wash recipe you want to share with me that has worked for you, please, please, please leave me a comment in the reviews here so I can expand the longevity of my skate gear. All right, up next, I was fixing to get myself some new knee pads as well. More a new year, new look want, but for the last year, I was wearing the Moxie 187 pads. Before those, I had some Protex Street knee pads. Now the Protex were nice because they were a really slim fit. However, I slammed really hard into just one knee a couple of times last summer wearing those. And the last time was concerning for me. Look, I'm 31. <laughs> I do a fair amount of physical activities, and I don't want to stop anytime soon. Knees don't bounce back the way we hope, and that shit can stick with you for a lifetime. So I needed to update my knee pad game if I was going to keep pushing myself in the park. Enter the cute and stylish, but you also know they're going to be functional, moxie knee pads. Many of you, I'm sure, have seen these pad sets in all the cute colorways, and while I'm not a fan of the wrist guards with the plastic bumps on the palm, and actually find those moxie ones a bit too bulky and hot, I knew I'd rock the knee and elbow pads, and I could always add the wrist guards to my demo gear pile for teaching. 
I've worn a fair amount of knee pads for derby, usually much bulkier than what I wanted for the skate park. So the size of the moxies seemed like a great compromise for me. Slim enough I didn't feel restricted, but padded enough that when I fell from the top of a 12-foot bowl straight down onto my knee, I walked away. Moxie made these pads with 187, so this time around, when I wanted new knee pads, I knew these were the ones I wanted, and I was just hoping for something in plain black instead. So I reached out to 187 on Instagram and asked them what pads they modeled the Moxies after, and they said the fly knee pad. I measured my knees to make sure I was getting the right size, and I definitely recommend this, even if you've had a pair of them before, because you never know if the manufacturer have made slight changes and maybe changed their sizing chart a little bit. Okay, so I measure 15 and a half inches around the knee, and it puts me right in the middle for the mediums. Makes sense, my Moxies were a small medium, so I order them up, get them, they sort of fit, uh, they're tight, I really can't get them over my jeans, so I try them on my bare legs. Okay, got them on, maybe they'll stretch out a bit. Um, now I can't get them off my calf. <laughs> I'm afraid now I'm going to have to cut them off. But with a little wiggling and sweating, I'm able to finally get them off. But no freaking way, these are too small. Also, the backside of the fly knee pad is not the same as it is on the moxie ones and just doesn't allow for the same stretch over the calf. So luckily, I was able to sell them to a smaller legged friend and ordered the large, which do fit snug but proper. I still don't think I like the fit of them as much as I like the moxie ones. So now I'm thinking I might just return them and stick with the moxies and who knows, use some dye to dye them a color that is more appropriate for me this year. Kind of a pain, but I really do love these knee pads and look forward to using them. Right now with the pandemic and personally working in outdoor recreation, I see the importance of when you know you want a product right now, grab it when you can because manufacturers may not and probably will not be caught up from the hiatus that COVID caused their factories to have this year. So with that, I know I want to try the new Grindstone Smoke Show wheels. And while I can still rock my fun days and don't have my new Bont Park stars yet, I really wanted to make sure that I have all the parts to set up my new dream skate setup when my boots arrive in April. So when I heard Grindstone was having a secret stash sale this month, I was hyped. I set an alarm on my phone and prepared to take my lunch at work at the same time so I could grab the colors I wanted. The sale goes live and I'm ready to add to my cart. Might as well throw in a pair of toe stops while I'm here. Cool. Check out, shipping, shipping address, get exchange rates, and damn it. Look, I get shipping isn't cheap and sometimes duties can occur, but minimum $40 US shipping on top of the exchange rate would have had me at $200 for wheels that only cost half that and some toe stops. I couldn't do it. It was just too much. So I'll have to wait until my Canadian suppliers get them hopefully sooner than later. 
I am happy, of course, that I'll get to support my Canadian suppliers. But like I said, right now, circumstances are a little bit special in the sense that you kind of got to get it when you want it or you might not with a lot of manufacturing industries right now. With all of that, though, I am feeling even more lucky this month because I do have some new wheels on the way from a skate package I won on Instagram from that skater bio. I enter these giveaways thinking, ha, I'll probably not win, but it's fun and, you know, it kind of boosts their posts and I like to support everyone, but I was so stoked when I found out I actually won something, including mini logo skateboard wheels, derby laces, can never have enough derby laces, and some stickers from at Roller Squid. I've admired these products before and I'm definitely looking forward to giving them a go. So go follow at that skater bio on Instagram for some great skate content. So as of this day of the podcast release, we are 60 days into the 365 day Moxie Skate Challenge. How's it going for you? Leave me a review and let me know. For myself, daily skating has been more difficult this month. Winter weather, longer work days, and mostly just skating around my house have been proving hard to want to strap on my skates and create stimulating content every day. I think it's really the hardest part. For me, I enjoy the creative aspect of social media. I like editing pictures and videos and making them good or unique to my best ability. So days where all I really feel like doing is skating up and down my hallways are proving to be unmotivating because I find it to be non-stimulating content. (laughs) With that, I must say this challenge has also encouraged me to dig deep and try skating in different ways that I hadn't really tried before or create a different style of skate-related content. And for that, I'm grateful. I have definitely taken some rest days and either posted up some content from earlier in the month or something skate related, but not necessarily me skating. And that's been cool too. If you're participating in the 365 day challenge, leave your social media handle here in a review. And if you'd like to check out my content, you can follow me and my daily uploads on TikTok at 16 bearings. Well, of course, I am always down and happy to talk about everything and anything skating, but I'm really excited to talk about this month's Sib Trick of the Month, Cartwheels! This is a trick I hold near and dear to my heart. I was a gymnast for many years of my childhood, competing nationally as early as 10, so flips on wheels seems right up my alley, with cartwheels being right in my comfort zone. I had actually just started trying them last summer, and I love the feeling of a successful, smooth rollout. So this month, I have been taking opportunities when I can to start throwing them a little bit harder because I would really like to get down aerials as I can do them without skates on still to this day. My main thing I'll have to work on is quickly putting a toe stop down for the landing. As last summer, I was trying to keep it a successful clean rollout and was breaking the habit of putting my toe stop down. However, I've learned that with throwing a harder cartwheel and having some good slams this month, I will need to relearn that habit to be successful with my aerials. 
I am really excited to keep working towards this because it's such an awesome and awe-inspiring move and I believe it will help with my confidence of building up trying to do more flips on my skates. So something a little different this month, I thought I would give my tips on doing cartwheels. One, learn to do a clean and proper cartwheel with no skates on first. Two, cartwheels on land with skates. Maybe try on some grass before you work onto the pavement. Three, feel it out. A great place to do this is in a bowl or half pipe, so you can roll back and forth, reaching your hands up and getting used to the feeling of where on the ramp you'll want to initiate the cartwheel. Work with momentum to get you there, and don't forget you can look slightly over your shoulder to know when the ramp is coming up behind you. Four. If you set up in a taller bowl or ramp, then you'll be able to ride up the ramp for your full rotation, making it more smooth. Once you've got used to them there, then smaller ramps should be a little bit more comfortable because you'll have the move down. Five, send it. At some point, you're just going to have to try. Falling is a part of learning, so wear your pads and go for it. I hope those tips maybe help you or encourage you to want to try cartwheels. And if not, that's totally fine too. Because hey, it's skating. You can do whatever you want. Of course, there's lots of great visual tutorials online in the skate community. And you can check out tips on landing some successful cartwheels all over YouTube. All right, my skater to watch for February is at Hazley Skates. Hazley Joe, the unholy roller. What I love so much about her skate style is, one, her style. Um, she has the cutest outfits on all the time. And I just love watching her do all of her awesome tricks and skate moves in them. Kind of adds some extra flair. She also seems to skate a, a variety of parks, which always makes her content really interesting to watch. And she always has the best soundtracks placed with her skate videos, which also makes it really nice to watch. If you haven't already, make sure you go check out Hazley underscore skates. You can also use her code Hazley, H-A-S-L-E-Y for five bucks off uh, purchase of $15 or more on moxieskates.com. Hazley also wanted to pass along that she says hi to everyone and she sends her love. This month's skate shop I wanted to give a shout out to is Mel T Designs Co. They have some really awesome t-shirt designs. I personally have the roller skating skeleton t-shirt and I really love the roller skating fail shirt. It's like a skater skating, tripping, then face planting. I think it's hilarious and I definitely need either that t-shirt or the stickers of it. Um, but yeah, make sure you go check out their Etsy shop. It's Mel T Design Co. I'll throw that in the link below for some awesome skate shirts and stickers and other awesome items. 
All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining me for episode two of 16 Bearings, my monthly roller skate wrap up. Um, We are in March, people. We're there. Woo! My fellow Canadians, uh, we are one month closer to warm weather and skating outside again. So really looking forward to that. Thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to leave me a review on this podcast, that would be really awesome. If you want to hear me talk about any content, please let me know there. Be sure to follow me on social media at 16bearings. And I hope you join me next month for episode three.